Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Woo, shaka <laughs> I felt that peace come in when we were praying and that peace of God and, and to come in and to just know how that we can totally, completely, 100%, without doubt, trust God. Trust God. But I feel a victory. I see a victory. I see a victory. I see victory. I see victory more than just in here. I see victory in our nation. I see victory. I see victory. Victory. And we praise you right now, the Father of victory. We praise you for victory in the church. We praise you for victory in the nation. We praise you for victory, God, that you are the one that's in control. You are the one that calls the shots. You are the one. You are the one that sets the times. You are the one. And we praise you for it. I thank you that you have us tattooed in the palm of your hand, God. We are tattooed in the palm of your hand, and there is nothing, there is nothing, nothing, nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Thank you. And I say to you, he perfects those things that concern us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I do feel a victory. Feel victory, God. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for it. I got a word today about harvest. <laughs> Come on. Shakabase, because we in the end. This is the end. I heard Amir something or other. He's a Messianic Jew, and he said, we are in the last second of the last minute, of the last hour, of the last day. That's the end. But it's not scary. This is good news. This right here is good news. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all see these two little pink tabs? There's two. If y'all ever look at my Bible on Sunday morning, there's about 20. There's two. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I thank you for victory. I thank you that you are setting us up as a church. You're setting us up as a people. You're setting us up, God. I want us to turn, if you will, this morning after we've already heard a wonderful message about grabbing a hold of your mind. 
pulling that thing into subjection. Make my mind focus on the things of the Lord. I, the, my mind, I can get control of my mind, y'all. That was good. If y'all, if y'all weren't here, get on the Facebook and get that word in you. Get that word in you. Let's go to Matthew 13. There is victory in Jesus, and it is so sweet to trust him, to not have to lean up on my own self. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at, I just want to teach you a little bit. You know, we've been, we've been talking about so much here lately about the kingdom of God and, and um, how we are in the kingdom of God, but we don't really know how the kingdom of God operates. Amen. So let's look at Matthew 13. Let's start with um, verse 10. Um, he had just given the parable of the sower. Jesus Christ had just spoken the parable of the sower. And then they go, and the disciples said, what the heck? <laughs> what? And they said to him in, in verse 10, and the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, now this right here is a mystery of the kingdom, right here. For whoever has, to him more will be given, but he will have abundance but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and shall not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. The ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For assuredly, I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it and hear what you hear and did not hear it. Now turn with me, if you would, to verse 35. He says that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying... I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. So there are some secrets that we can find out about in these parables. They've been held since the foundation of the world. One of the secrets, the mysteries that we can find out about is me and you. He held the church as a mystery and a secret from the foundation. 
I'm excited. Because in these parables, we can see some things that he has planned. Right? Like I said, I feel victory. I feel a victory. And I want to look at the parable of the wheat and tares. Okay? That is right on down here in this one, right here. Verse 24. Let's just go ahead and read it. And then we'll get to going on what we're talking about this morning. He says, another parable he put forth to them, verse 24. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then do, do you have tares? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do you want us to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest and at the end of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundling to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. I have come to understand that there's not one word that's placed in this Bible by mistake or out of place. Not one word. And we have to look at every single word and see what is he saying. Right? In a few minutes, he goes on and he explains this parable. And he changed some words in this parable. And so when that happens, they call it a double something or other. One of them words. When you, stu when you study the Hebrew. So he's talking about a time in here, and then he goes on and he tells a few more parables, and then he explains it, and he's talking about another time. So pay real close attention to the words that are spoken in this parable, the tares and the wheat. Wheat and tares grow up together, and they look exactly alike. Exactly alike. But with tares, they're light. There's no substance. There is no fruit. And you have to leave the tares alone because you'll uproot some wheat if you start trying to pull the tares out. So he's saying just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Wait on me. Because one word, whenever I woke up yesterday morning, I heard this. And I feel, I'm not saying God said, but I felt in my spirit. I mean, I just woke up. I'm not thinking about anything. I opened my eyes and I heard the words, this harvest is mine. <laughs> I now believe that was God said that. This harvest 
is mine and I will reap my harvest. We've been praying a lot around here about harvest and how to reach the harvest and how, how to reach out to the harvest because we play a part in that reaping of that harvest. But this is the last days. I believe that with everything in me, that we are the generation that's going to see. <laughs> well, let me take that back because that's, that's a whole other thing. We are the ones that are going to hear that trumpet. And we're going to we're gonna be gone. <laughs> I'm excited about it. I was struggling. I struggled for a long time about I've always been taught about a pre-tribulation rapture. My daddy has taught it. By the way, he is... His lungs are not affected. They're not affected. He's just very weak. And so they wanted to thank you for praying. And praying there's a shield about mom that she doesn't catch this thing. That she can finish taking care of him. So thank you all for praying for him. But he has always taught me that there's a pre-tribulation rapture. That we, the church, will not go through the tribulation. Thank you, Jesus. Because I don't want to be going through that. Woo! going to be rough but I started struggling you know because I started reading the Bible for myself sometimes man and there's words in there and I'm like oh my god what are you talking about because in the book of Revelation you talk about the oil and the wine that's me you talk about the elect oh my god are we really going to go through this because there are people who teach it and they got scripture you know so I was struggling, just struggling. Lord, you got to give me some peace on this thing. And he has given me some peace on this thing. And me and you ain't going to see that tribulation. <laughs> Woo! Let me just tell you this. In the book of Revelation in chapter 1, John sees the vision of Jesus Christ. Okay? And he sees him with seven, there's seven lampstands. Seven candlesticks, you know. And then in the when you go into chapter 2 and 3, he's talking about the churches. And he says, this lampstand at this church. So the lampstands are on the earth. And then in chapter 4, he sees, he hears this, this door opens. And this voice says, come up here. Sound like a trumpet. And he goes to heaven. And what does he see? Seven lampstands. So they are now in heaven. Okay. All right. So I'm like, okay, thank you, Jesus. The church is going. Church is going. Woo! And I don't think it's going to be long before the church goes. Thank you, Jesus. But let's get back to this. We're going to look at him explaining the, the wheat and the tares. Let's go over to... Mm. 36, Matthew 13, 36. It's like when I start, my mind, everything starts coming to my mind, you know, all this stuff that I've been studying, all this stuff, and it's like, where do I go, where do I go? Okay, I'm going to keep it on track. 
He says in verse 36, Then Jesus sent the multitude away, and he went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. And he answered to them and said, <laughs> He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man, and the field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. That's us. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. That word is age. That's why we got to study, y'all. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire, and there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom, and their who <laughs> he who has an ear, let him hear. Did y'all see a difference in the words that he used when he told the parable, and then when he explained the parable? In the first part of it, when he told the parable, he said that I'm going to send my angels out, I'm going to send the reapers out, and they're going to bind the tares to burn them. That word, to, is pros. It's a preposition of direction. It means you're going forward, if you're going toward something. Yeah, it's good, because <laughs> that's what he's doing right now, binding the tares. Come on, y'all, get with me. Y'all with me? He's binding up the tares. What? The world is a tear, because the enemy has placed the tares here. Let me tell you what a tear does. It don't take all that. That's a tear. You just leave, she saw, she, this morning when you was probably saying, that's a tear, that's a tear, that's a tear. When all those voices come and those people you try to minister to. See, because I, I was like, God started giving me this a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, and then we, we kind of got shut down for a minute, you know. And I'm like, okay, God, it's a new day. i got to have a new word. But I kept feeling this, you know, and then somebody messages me the other day, and they're like, I'm, I don't understand, I'm just trying to help people. And they want to shut it down. And they, they call us this and they call us that. And I'm like, okay, God, because that's a tear. That is a tear. There is no substance in a tear. Come on, y'all. Ain't no fruit in a tear. But they look just like you. They sit right beside you. Come on. They eat at your table, but they ain't no substance in them. And some people, and I'm sorry, but some are destined to be tares, and there ain't nothing we can do about it. 
but there's some wheat that's mixed in with them, and they just don't know their wheat yet. Come on. They just don't know their wheat yet. And those are the ones that we got to focus on. Come on. What's a tear do? A tear, he goes right on down here when he's explaining this, and he tells you exactly what a tear does. A tear entices you to sin. Mm-hmm. A tear sets a trap for you. Got to keep your eyes open for those tears because they look like you. Come on. They look like you, <laughs> but they ain't you. They ain't of you. Mm-mm. They ain't a part of you. We wheat. We wheat. There's a substance here. There's some fruit here. Come on, when things get tough, the wheat get up. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Hey, shakarabase. When things get tough, the wheat stand up and the wheat start pulling on God and the wheat start saying, come on, there's God. I see a victory in this thing. Yeah, I see victory in this thing. And a tear says, oh, no. Oh, no, this going to be, oh, no. I think we need to just go out here and lay down for a little while. Come on. Because he said, <laughs> y'all look at him. He said, he said he was fixing to bind up all those things that offend. Oh, my God. That right there, shouting news. He is fixing to bind up those things that offend. That word offend is scandalon. You know what a scandalon is? That's a trap. That's a hole that they dig, and they, they stick spikes in the bottom of it. You know, they do that in Africa to, to trap tigers and stuff. Yeah, and, and then they cover it up. It's covered up so you can't see it, and then you walk along, and bam, you done fell in it and stobbed yourself because you done fell in the stobs. He said he fixing to bind up those things that offend. <laughs> he fixing to bind up all those that set traps. Hey! <coughs> I know we headed into some dangerous times, but that's all right because we got eyes and we can see. It's them, them other folks that can't see nothing falling in them traps. No, y'all, I'm kind of excited. I said, I see a victory. I said, God said this was his harvest. And he is binding up the enemy so he cannot pollute his harvest. <laughs> okay. That word and, when he says, when he's explaining it, and he says, bind up the tares, and throw them in the fire. That word and is a completely different word. And he's talking here about the last of the tribulation. He's talking right here before the tribulation. 
And he's talking in the explanation, the last of the tribulation. Well, what are we not going to be here for? The last of the tribulation. And that's when they're going to get burned. <gasps> I feel like I'm about to explode. I feel it. It's like, because he said, <laughs> stop worrying about the harvest, y'all. Don't worry about the harvest. It's God's harvest. Don't worry about it no more. Don't worry about it because he's binding up every one of them stinking devils that, that come in here and, and they set traps for you and they entice you to sin. He's binding them up. He's binding them up. My God. Because all these little wheats that don't know they wheat, they belong to him. I'll be, I almost said something. <laughs> they belong to him. And he ain't going to let them go. He ain't going to let them go. Are you kidding? He loves my babies. Are you kidding me? He loves my daddy. He loves my sons and my daughters. You kidding? And he calls families. Don't you let anybody tell you any different. He calls families. God ordained family before he ordained anything else. He calls family. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to talk about it a little more. Them snares, them tears. Them tares that set snares. Who cares about them tares that set snares? <laughs> Woo! We just got to do just like Apostle said this morning. Get my mind wrapped around the Word of God. Get my mind wrapped. Because, honey, let me tell you, that's where my battle is. It's my mind. I'm not so sure that heart ain't mine. Because sometimes it feels like that. feels like you're just going tear back and forth and back and forth. And, and just like Apostle said, one day I want to preach to the nations and tomorrow I'm quitting. Hey, I said I got a witness. I'm a witness. I ain't doing this no more. I can't wait. I got a word. I can't wait to let it go. I ain't never doing this again. My God, that devil make you think you are lost it completely I need a pill I'm serious <laughs> if a pill will fix it give me a pill no this is the pill this right here is the pill getting in the getting at the feet of Jesus and saying God you just got to do something Lord you got to do something because the word says that in the last days See, whenever he's talking about at the end, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bind up the tares. That end, is, it means the completion. That's what the word means. It means completion. Whew. Baby, we are at the completion of all things. Yes, we are. And then whenever in 2 Thessalonians, Timothy, 2 Timothy, where he's talking about the end, the last days, that last is final. There is no more. That's where we're at. Y'all, let me bear with me for just a minute and let me give you some on teaching on 
eschatology, which is the teaching of end time things. And if you go back to Daniel, chapter 7 through 12, Daniel had a vision of the last days. He had a vision of it. And it is for the Jew. He's talking to the Jew. He is a Jew talking to Jews. And he prophesied about 70 weeks. 69 of those weeks have come to pass. 69 of them. But on, we've come to find out, I don't really have a full revelation on this, but on, on the day, 490 years that Daniel prophesied, 883 years to the day, Jesus Christ rode the donkey into Jerusalem. And they laid those palm leaves down and they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And they, you know, he was being heralded as the king of the Jews to the day. And they did not accept him. They didn't accept him. And time for the Jew stopped right then. Time stopped. Y'all with me? For the Jews. Time stopped right there. He stopped dealing with the Jew. So 483 years, boom, it just kind of paused. The effect paused. And a new age was born. And it's the church age, the age of grace. And whenever he says at the end of the world, that word means age. So there's ages. Some call them dispensations. You had from Moses to Jesus the dispensation of law, the age of law. Now from Jesus till now, we are in the dispensation or the age of grace, the church age. That age is destined to be 2,000 years. <laughs> Y'all already in 2021. Can I say again, we at the end of the end, okay? Now, when he's talking here in Matthew 13, where he says, at the end of the age, he's talking about right now. He's binding up those tares. He's binding up all those who look like us, who talk similar to us who don't walk a thing like us. Come on, y'all. They just look like us. They're set in the world. They're set in the church. They're set all around us. They entice us to fall. They entice us to sin. They set traps for us to lose our cool and get in the flesh. <laughs> Come on. And I would profess to you, that there are some wheat right now that act a little bit like tares. Come on. Because you're getting a little too close to the world. And when we get a little too close to the world, even though I'm wheat, even though I'm wheat, if I get too close to the world, I start acting like the world. And I start not believing that Jesus Christ is every single thing he said he is. And he is going to do every single thing he said he's going to do. Amen? I start believing 
the world. That's why he said, get out of the world. I don't want you in the world. I don't want you in the world system. I don't want you doing like the world. I don't want you acting like the world. And I believe, I, I do believe that that is the reason November the 3rd when we voted, it didn't go like we wanted it to. Because the church has got to get to the place where the church depends on God. And no matter what, he has to do to get it that way, it will become that because we belong to him. And he is a jealous God. And he will not allow us to put our faith in anything else, including ourselves or our government. Now, do I believe that he wants the outcome to be the man who who is for life, who is for church, who is for Israel. Yeah, I do. That's what I'm going for. But he ain't spoke that to me. I'm just believing that. You understand? And so it doesn't really, whoever gets that seat, whoever gets that seat, our voice, our heart, our mind, our self has to be focused on God and God alone. And there is a harvest to be reaped, and he will reap it one way or another. And if the church has to go into hiding, and if the church has to go into severe persecution, if then so be it. That's what it has to be because we're not doing what we're supposed to do without it. And I felt that lead balloon. Thank you, Jesus. We have been comfortable. Yeah, we've been a little too comfortable. We've been so comfortable that Monday through Saturday, we sit in the world. Sunday morning, we come try to be kingdom. And it don't work. I start looking like and acting like and talking like a terrorist. So God's got to shake us. Because you know that's how they tell the difference between a tear and a wheat. When it comes harvest time, they pull it all up and they throw it up in the air. And guess what happens? There's substance to that wheat and that wheat comes down. But that tear is blown about with every wind of doctrine. With every wind of doctrine. You can tell a tear anything and they're going to believe it. But that wheat has got to have some substance. And the substance comes from the word of God. I think there is no mistake that he says faith is the substance of things hoped for. <laughs> Woo! The evidence of what I can't see, but I know done happened because my God done said. And my God done told us this morning that he's binding up everything that offends. Shout out by saying everything 
that sets that trap for me, that plants that seed in my mind. He's by, He, y'all, God, sending them angels, and they binding them up. That's why I said the other day at prayer, I know that I know that we have stepped into the day when the angels is coming alongside us, and they working right along with us. And the angels, the angels is all up in the harvest. The angels are all up in the harvest because it's God's harvest. <laughs> okay, let's look at a couple, couple more words. Woo, thank you, Jesus. When he said, y'all know I can't see again. He said in verse 41, he said, The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice iniquity, which do iniquity. Let's look at that for just a minute. That um, iniquity is anomia, and it's a violation of God's word, God's law. It is wickedness, flat out wickedness. You know there's folks in the church that do wicked. And he's talking about the world. He's just talking about the world. See, right now we're coming into the time where God is, is ready to deal with. He's ready to deal with things. Hmm. He's ready to deal with some things. That word last in Second Timothy is eschatos. And then and they take that eschatology, that's what it is, the study of last days. And that's, what, that's where you find out about all the end-time prophecy and, and what, what Daniel was saying and what Ezekiel was saying and what Isaiah was saying. And you look and you see it all unfolding in the book of Revelation. <laughs> Me too. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, we were talking about in Daniel how he saw, he saw the end time. He saw what, where we're living today. He saw all those things. And he revealed it to us, but it was closed up. That book was shut up so that we wouldn't understand it. But now... We've come into the place, we've come into the time where it's talking about us. And, and God has revealed it. He's opened it up and he's showing us, giving us understanding of that book, right? And we can see it all unfolding in the book of Revelation. But when you go back to Matthew 13 and he talks about how he is binding up those tears, that excited me to no end because it's like you can see they're still going to be around, but they're going to be bound. They're not going to be able to set that trap anymore. Come on, y'all. They're not going to be able to entice you to sin. And I believe one reason is because the wheat are rising up and becoming wheat. Come on. That we're getting our minds wrapped around the Word of God. 
that we're getting our minds wrapped around what he said, not what I see. That we're getting our minds wrapped around. Because, see, my mind, I thought about this scripture when you were teaching, Apostle. My spirit got saved. My spirit man got saved. My mind is being saved. Come on. Let's get that thing saved. You know what I'm saying? Let's get that thing saved. Let's get that thing out of the world and get that thing in the Word of God. Line this thing up with the Word of God. <laughs> and then at the end, my body will be saved because it's going to be glorified. Glorified. Hey, it's going to be glorified. So all of me going to get saved. All me going to get saved. Hey, yeah. I don't know. I'm excited because I think it's going to be any minute now. Any minute. And in Matthew 13, 30, where, let's go back and look at that. In 30, where he says, Woo, let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the angels, the reapers, the gatherers, to gather together. Gather them together. Not 30. I don't want 30. Where I look at. When it says gather, he's talking about, he uses the word gather. But it means, it means um, to entertain. What the world? Yeah. And he tells us that we have, we're going to come together. You're going to come together. Gather my wheat to my barn. And that just means we're going to come together. And I believe that we are going to come together in one mind and one accord by one spirit. The wheat is coming together. Come on, y'all. Denomination is the devil. That's part of the tear system. Yes, it is. I'm going to say that again, Adam. Denomination is part of the tear system. Because it tears apart, Apostle said. Ain't that the gospel? It tears us apart, and it says, I can't be, I can't hang with you because you don't believe in tongues. Shakaba. Why can't I just... Act like a fool and go shakabah, shakabah. Why can't I? Because I ain't saying nothing about you because you don't say that. And, and it's denomination. It's the terror system. It's the devil that says we can't hang out together because you wear makeup. Well, you want me to. You want me to. And you want me to do something with my hair. Because somebody came to my house yesterday morning and I didn't, I didn't know they was coming. <laughs> they said, oh, you're cute. I'm like, uh-huh, I sure am. Sure am. Woo. I mean, it's scary, you know. Take some time. So, that's part of that tear system that tells us we can't sit together because we don't think alike. No, the body of Christ is the body. 
It's one. The body is not separate. The body is not torn. My hand and my foot are not torn because they don't do the same thing. My goodness. If I don't have a hand, I can't scratch my foot. And if I don't have a foot, I can't take my hand to get an Oreo. You know, we got to have each other. You see one part and I see another part. Come on. Ain't that the truth? I got to have I got to have all parts of me. And and sometimes I have a, an itch and I can't reach it. So guess what? I need somebody to go right there, right there, right there. Scratch that right there. Keith is good about that. Wanting to be scratched. So we need each other. And we got to just see that we're one body. We're one body. Some of us is a liver. Come on. He said there's uncomely parts to this body. There's some of the body that don't get to do the fun things. There's, but they're still part of the body. Just like those parts of the body that do get to do the fun things. Like eat the Oreo. I'm just gonna, there's some that has to get rid of the waste. Okay? But it's still one body. It's still one body. And if you don't get rid of the waste, you're in trouble too. And if you wouldn't eat the Oreo, you would be in less trouble. I'm just saying. We got to come out the world. We got to quit acting like the world and doing what the world does. Come on. He says he is binding up those things that offend. (laughs) I'm so excited about that because offense is huge in the body. It's huge. We can't even come to church without getting offended because somebody didn't look at me right or or looked at me. Somebody didn't speak to me. Come on, y'all. That's tear. That's tear system. The word, oh, I didn't like that word because it stepped on my toe. Come on. I didn't feel no goosebumps today. They just, that praise team just wasn't on it. They just wasn't on it. Excuse me? What did you do? Come on. Don't be setting up in here and be a tear. Come on. Did you worship God with everything you had? It don't matter if they off key or not. They not off key, by the way. And they do bring it. If it's not your liking or your cup of tea, that ain't got a thing to do with it. Did you worship God? Did you close yourself in and worship God? Did you bring the presence? What did you do? We're not going to be no church full of tares. No, sir. This place going to be full of wheat. This place going to be heavy, heavy wheat. Much fruit that does remain. That's what this place is going to be. Much fruit. Whenever he comes and the harvest, when the, 
You hear that trumpet? I don't know how it's going to go. Come up here. I'm going to be gone because we heavy, we heavy, heavy, heavy wheat. He says for us our necks to be fat. Got a fat neck already. Ha! Come on, Jesus. Greasy. It is greasy with anointing. Greasy. Our necks are supposed to be fat and oily. So that yoke, that snare, can't stick. If some of you got some yokes, it's because you ain't greasy enough. That's the truth of the matter right there. If some of you dealing with some stuff that you just can't seem to break, it's because you need some more Jesus. You just need some more Jesus. And this is the way you get him. At the altar, on your face, reading the word, God help me, because this thing, I feel this yoke on my neck, God, and I don't want this thing on me because I am wheat. I ain't no tear. I ain't been placed here by the enemy. Because when he, read, when he said that, he said, he said a man, a man went out and sowed good seed. And while men slept, the enemy came in. Come on. We've been asleep. Church has been asleep. But it's time now. Y'all just take it. It is the time right now that we have entered into the dispensation, the end of the dispensation of grace, and he is binding up the tares. He is binding them up. He's binding up those things that offend us. He's binding up those ones that keep enticing us to sin. Come on, y'all. He's binding them up, and we as the wheat are getting heavy with the word of God, pregnant with the word of God. Come on, we're getting heavy with him, heavy with him. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And now I just want to say that those of you who here, here pretty last, you know, recently have been dealing with tears, they can hurt you. Tears can hurt you. They can hurt your heart. That's what they're designed to do. Just know that, that they're designed to do that. And sometimes those little wheats that don't know their wheat yet, they're hanging out with those tares, and so they sound like them. They sound like tares, and they hurt you. But just know that God's about to. <laughs> and I think right now the angels are already here, and they are Flinging them chains, they're fixing to bind those things up in the name of Jesus. And we're going to see an uninhibited harvest. Come on. We're going to see an uninhibited harvest. We're going to reap an uninhibited harvest. We are. It's going to be unpolluted because he's binding up those things that stop it. He's binding up those things that come to hinder the harvest. He's binding up those things that come and pollute the harvest. He's binding them up. He's binding them up. He's binding them up. And so we can just relax. But I didn't say stop. But relax and know that this is his harvest. And when I'm led, I, my mind, my spirit all come in alignment together, he's going to use us. Because when he says the word 
angel. It also means messenger and preacher. Every last one of you are that. Every single one of you are his messengers. You are his preachers. You are his ministers. And we are out in the world. Come on, y'all. So we just got to get real oily so that stuff just rolls off of us. And we can just go on ahead, say what we need to say, and let God do his work. That's what we do. We, we say, we do what we need to do, and let God do his work. Amen. <laughs> Were you encouraged by this word today? I was so encouraged when I saw it. My God, you show us things that have been hidden, and we have eyes to see it, and we have ears to hear it. <laughs> so we are going to be able to just gather in all these wheat, all these little baby wheat, don't know their wheats, and they're going to grow, bam, just like that. It's going to be like a, like a, I don't even know, you know, because you plant a seed and it takes a minute. But it's not going to be like that. You're going to plant that seed, and there it is, full-grown wheat. What took us 20 years is going to take you two minutes. I'm serious. We used to pull on a deliverance. I know something. I was three and four weeks. And he's going to do it in three or four minutes, speeding it up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, because the reaper is overtaking the sower. And that's him, too. Hallelujah. So I just want to open up the altar. If you don't know you're a wheat, this is the time to come and know without any doubt that you are wheat. And you can be introduced to Jesus Christ and, and know that you know that he is your Savior and he is your Lord because he, he has to be both. And if you've been beat up by a tear, if you've been beat up by those who don't know yet that they're wheat, then come to the altar, and we're going to agree with you that God will strengthen you, that God will give you everything that you need to be able to be in a world full of tares and remain wheat, in a world full of tares and not be beat up by the wheat. So the altar is open now. And if you need a touch from God, if you need anything in your body, if you need to know that he's your Savior, then come and we're going to pray with you. If you know that you've been affected by the tares and you want to get strong backbone, come and we're going to pray. We're going to agree with you that God does a work in you so that you can reap alongside him. And grab a hold of as many wheat as you can possibly grab a hold of. In Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.